Welcome to Sisters and Spirits Paranormal Podcast. I'm Veronica. And I'm Kara, and we're here today to talk about some spooky stuff. Okay, everyone, welcome back to Sisters and Spirits. We've got a fun episode today. We are going to be talking all about imaginary friends. What are they? Is this strictly just a psychological thing? Are there paranormal explanations here? Are they all ghosts? We're going to talk about all of that stuff. We've got some super creepy stories to go along with it. As always, we're going to talk about some drinking first. I've got some, not on topic, but very yummy Oliver peach pie wine. <laughs> Those of you on Patreon can see Kara's face. She's not a fan. That does of... not sound good. That does not sound good at all. It's amazing. It literally just tastes like peach pie, but that sounds it's wine. terrible. <laughs> so, so if you don't like peaches, you pr- you probably would not like this. But if you like peaches, it's the greatest thing ever, and you definitely should get some because it's very yummy and and pretty cheap too. Not like the cheapest, but still pretty like cheap. cheap. I'm drinking the beer that I had last time because awesome. it was like a six pack was quite expensive because ah. it's a fancy beer. It's like the fancy IPAs. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, John Marie, like, told me that these are as strong as two Bud Lights. Hmm. Like, one is just, like, as strong as two Bud Lights. And so if I drink two, that's four Bud Lights. And then I got to go do some house chores. And I feel like that would make everything more fun. Nice. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I do think the IPAs and the different types of craft beers are usually a little stronger than yeah. like Bud Light. Because I don't drink Bud Light, but many people have described it as mildly alcoholic bitter water. So bitter. It's very smooth. But is it? it's okay. to me, it's like a it's like a pool day beer, you know. You're not trying to go hard. You're just trying to chill. It's 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 slightly flavored alcoholic water. It's not, there's not a whole hell of a lot of alcohol in there. (coughs) So I want to start this out. And for those of you on Patreon, Kara's doing a fun thing today where um, she's going to be doing her makeup while we do this. So I'm always fidgeting. If you are on here, you know that I fidget. Right. And you can't see because it's a lot of off screen, but usually I'm just like drawing makeup all over my arm and, and stuff. So, so this time she's going to be doing actual makeup. So those of you on Patreon get something entertaining to watch in addition to the faces she makes at me when I say ridiculous things. Yeah, like peach. Right. Like, like that peaches are amazing. So first thing I want to talk about, obviously, with imaginary friends, there are some psychological theories that go along with this. It's not strictly a paranormal thing. So I was reading an article from Psychology Today that says approximately 37% of kids have imaginary friends. Um, And most of these children that were involved in these studies say that they know their friends, well, their, their invisible friends are not real. And I'm a little bit skeptical about this. And here's the reason why. Kids very often know the answers adults are looking for. (laughs) I know all the time when I was a kid, like 
people would ask me something and I would give them the answer that I knew they were looking for, regardless of what I believed, because I knew if I gave them the actual answer that they were going to yell at me or they were going to laugh and say, oh, what a dumb little kid or whatever. So I would usually just give them the answer that they were looking for. So before really believing these studies, like I would really like to see how leading these questions were, first of all. And second of all, how often the child before being asked these questions by the researcher had been told by parents and teachers and older siblings that their imaginary friend isn't real. So I guess I shouldn't say imaginary friend, but like they're invisible friends because. Yeah, they're. Because realistically, if you tell a kid this is not real and then another adult asks them about it, it's not going to take them that long to figure out to say, oh, okay, yeah, this is not real. Regardless of what they actually believe, regardless of what they're seeing, like, they're obviously going to say that. Especially if we had a kid who was having an imaginary friend, I, I, I don't see us enrolling that kid in a study um it sounds to me like if you're already the parent who's enrolling your kid in the study you're already the parent who thinks your kid is seeing things that's true so the parent's reaction has probably already been negative towards the imaginary friend and they've probably already been saying no it's not real that's not real the kid probably feels like now that you know, oh, mom and dad is taking me somewhere to where now strangers are asking me, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I had not even thought about that, but yeah, most likely somebody who is open to the paranormal or any, or is just, you know, cool with their kid having an imaginary friend probably didn't have any reason to involve their child in any of these studies. Yeah. But, and then there's the other thing that I just, kind of thought was interesting is I have heard of quite a few people who later in their lives discovered that they were mediums or at least sensitive saying that they had you know these invisible friends that everyone had told them this isn't real so they convinced themselves it wasn't real and they then stopped seeing them for a long time until something happened in their adult life to make them start seeing the ghosts again like that robert downey jr movie i don't think i know which one that is oh let me look it up the (laughs) one where he he's a he's a he had it was young he like he was born right next to an accident that like killed four people and and then they all died and then they became his like his like spirit friends and he was like had like four imaginary friends and his parents thought he was weird but but it was just that like he was actually having ghosts and then they like his parents were getting real concerned. So they left him for a while. And then like, they realized that they needed him to like go to the other side and like do Uh things for them. And so like now he's an adult and it's like, like 20 years later. Interesting. And, and yeah, it's really, really, that sounds cool. But yeah, I mean, I watched it the other day. Oh yeah. That, that sounds really cool. But yeah, I have heard like a lot of people who, discovered that their mediums later on in life, you know, they were told when they were kids that it was just their imagination. They believed that was the case and they suppressed the ability. So, I mean, 
maybe some of it is just psychological. But I also feel like there's a pretty good case for maybe people, maybe adults are just not listening to children. It's called Heart and Souls for anyone who wants to watch it. That sounds interesting. Before Iron Man was Iron Man. (laughs) The other thing I found pretty interesting is so often people assume that the kids that um, have these invisible friends are, are like the kids that are lonely or kind of awkward or whatever. And so they're just making up these friends because they don't have anyone to play with or whatever, or because they're not getting along with other kids. And what these studies show is that that's actually not the case at all. In fact, in most of the cases, it's the opposite. The kids that actually do have these invisible friends are actually the more outgoing social kids, which kind of makes me wonder, like, okay, so maybe they're just really social. So when a ghost showed up to talk to them, instead of running away screaming, they were like, yo, what up? That would make sense. Now I got another friend. This is cool. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, this stuff is difficult to study. So I, I understand why, you know, they don't necessarily have a lot of set reasons for why this happens or a whole lot of actual data. And as you mentioned, not everybody's going to just involve their kid in a study. So, yeah, yeah, there's there's not as much information as I would like there to be scientifically. But at the same time, I wonder, even if there was, how much of it would be accurate? Because, you know, so much of what kids say is based on what has been said to them or what they had heard when people thought they weren't listening. Cause that was another thing with that. I used to do all the time when I was a kid is like, I recognized very, very early on that if I was just quiet and like playing with toys or whatever, the adults would talk and assume I didn't wasn't paying attention to what they said they would assume that I couldn't hear them. If I was in another room, they would just assume I couldn't hear them. Like, and I feel like this is something that happens a lot. And I see it with parents all the time. They're like, I have no idea where my kid, you know, heard this thing that I say regularly. It's like, um, yeah, from you. And they're like, no, no, but, th- but they were in the other room. They were asleep. They were playing with their toys. It's like, yeah, they heard you though. You need to just accept that. And well, that also seems more of a likely chance with an only child like you were. Like, I feel like if you have more kids like closer in age, they're going to be entertaining each other. So I would be more likely to believe that maybe they didn't hear you because they were playing games and stuff. I don't know, because I've seen this happen with parents of like all different levels of kids, like multiple kids, older kids, younger kids, whatever, like. Kids are listening all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, th- they're they're hearing what people are saying. So I think it's interesting. Also, the more that, you're on it or trying to hide what you say, the more kids are listening. Oh, yeah. They will pick up right up on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The second you start whispering, they're, they're going to be listening to every single word you say. But so I guess the real question then is. You know, what actually are they if it's not purely psychological? And I feel like the main theory and definitely the one we have the most stories on is that it's ghosts. I mean, that's 
it seems likely to me there's been so many stories where people say that kids are able to see ghosts when other people are not. So I feel like ghosts is a pretty solid conclusion. And I think you said you had some stories that kind of, they didn't necessarily prove this, but definitely provided some really interesting evidence. Well, if you've ever seen, you know, the movie um, A Haunting in Georgia with the um, little girl, her, her mom moved in, you know, to a new house. And the daughter soon after develops an imaginary friend. And I watched um, a YouTube video on like the, you know, the mom like explaining and like going through the house and like explaining what it was that this movie was later, you know, based very loosely based on. Um, And basically this little girl started to have this older man, imaginary friend that at first mom didn't really care about, you know, like she was in the middle of a move on unpacking and it was keeping her daughter kind of preoccupied. So really didn't think too much of it. But then like the daughter kind of started like, you know, like picking up and like saying things like points in history that, you know, she really shouldn't, you know, it's like, well, where did yeah. you learn that? Like, I don't even know that. Right. Like, yeah. Like, I, I couldn't have said that. I didn't know it. I had yeah, to Google like, it just things, now. Things like that, that like what would be like the mom's like, I, I okay, no, I don't know. I, what? <laughs> and so the mom kind of started getting concerned. And then the daughter starts like drawing him and she starts calling him Mr. Gordy. And you know, she would see him like outside the house a lot. And, and, you know, like they would like go for walks around the neighborhood and the little girl would like hold her mom's hand and then would like be holding her other hand, like, like, like grip, <laughs> like, right. Like she was holding like someone else's hand and her mom's like, whose hand are you holding? She's like, Oh, Mr. Gordy joined us today. And oh, Audrey just like nudged me right there. <laughs> and I got a little spooked. Um, I might have to let her out of here, but <laughs> She, but, and then the little girl starts saying things, you know, else too, like about like Mr. Gordy's wife and like all these other things and like starts like, you know, kind of like making up a history about this guy and, you know, pointing, you know, saying things in the yard, like, oh, a tree used to be right there, but oh, it got cut down in the 30, you know, like weird, just weird. Yeah, weird stuff that kids don't usually say. Yeah, the mom was talking to her sister about it. And the sister's like, well, let's do some research and finds out two previous owners ago was a man named something Gordy. I forget his first name. And they find out that, you know, he was a real person. And um, not only do they find out, you know, he was a real person, but they find, you know, where he's buried and they go to the cemetery and the little girl like, you know, pulls up and like tells her mom, oh, stop, 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 stop the car. And then like jumps out of the car and runs directly to his grave. Wow. In a cemetery that she's never been to before in a town that they, you know, are maybe lived, you know, a couple of months and like points out and she immediately like sits down and like sits in front of it and like starts talking to him and like, and like asking him like, like questions and stuff and like. And like waiting and then like saying like, oh, Mr. Gordy says blah, 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 blah. Like uh, eventually it got like a little too much. And I think they moved out. Yeah. Because it was, I guess, a little freaky for the mom. I would, I mean, it didn't sound like he was, you know, malicious or anything. The movie, I think, made him mean. If I remember, they made him scary. They they always like to do that. But yeah, I mean. But in real life, he just seemed like a ghost who just didn't want to leave his house and the little right. girl was like cool and they just lived pretty peacefully he was pretty protective over the little girl too like i don't know i would be okay with it but right like you you basically just have a an extra babysitter 
For real though. <laughs> you don't got to pay him or anything or buy him any beers or, or whatever. Sounds good to me. But yeah, I, I do think that that's something that is really interesting, especially when you're looking at the theory of, you know, how many of these imaginary friends are ghosts. Like, you know, we mentioned like, yeah, kids are listening all the time, but there's a difference between hearing you say, oh, yeah, we need to take little Sally to the doctor because she's seeing things that aren't there. And, you know, actually knowing historical facts, knowing, you know, especially the thing with the grave, like, like, why would she just know where that is? Yeah. Why like, would she just know exactly what plot he was and yeah. his whole giant cemetery because, and be able to run right up to it? Yeah. And because even at that point, like, even if the little girl had heard a conversation, even if she had heard, you know, the, the mom and the aunt saying, yeah, it's, you know, I, I found out that he's buried at this cemetery in this plot. Like, a little girl's not going to know exactly where that is. Because we're not talking about a teenager present day that could have just googled it and like fucked with them (laughs) like yeah this is a little kid that's so even if they had the conversation right in front of her saying yeah here's where the grave is she still wouldn't have been able to just find it by herself because i mean i have trouble finding like remembering where stuff is in cemeteries (laughs) like and and i'm I'm a full grown-ass adult like it's not necessarily the easiest thing to do to just like run right up to it. It also doesn't seem like, you know, at that age, children process information on a need to know basis. Yeah. Um, if it's not interesting to them, they're not going to care. Yeah, that is or true. Remember it. They might hear it and they might be like, huh, that's weird. And then they're going to be off going back to Coco Melon or whatever it is that they do at that age. I don't know. But <laughs> to me, it just doesn't seem like something a kid would necessarily. Um, it would just kind of go in one ear and out the other. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. they're talking about Mr. Gordian, his cemetery plot. That's cool. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Like, and- And I think especially even more so with, like, the different historical facts, because I'm like, what little kid is going to care about that stuff? Also, I thought they just want someone to play with them. About, like, she knew things about, like, had had been, like, home renovations and stuff. what, What kid wants to, like, what kid cares that, you know, like, he would, like, he was, like, angry that, you know, homeowners had, like, come through and, like, had you know replaced you know something in the bathroom that you know he had put in himself and you know stuff like that like why would a kid care about that like why would a kid like go into a bathroom and be like mr gordy doesn't like this door you know like it just doesn't yeah or like oh a tree was removed in the backyard and and he wish it was still there yeah and i I especially like like, with with the home improvement stuff because i remember when i was little like if it was like around christmas or my birthday and my parents wanted to go shopping without me they would literally be like, hey, we're going to go look for, you know, and then they would name some sort of boring house thing. Like, we're going to go look for some paint or we're going to go look at a sink or something like that. And I'm like, no, I'll stay here with grandma and grandpa. Oh, I don't wow. need to. I don't need to go with you. Like, that's how they would trick me to be able to, like, go out shopping without me. So, like, yeah, no I've little kid cares about so, that. I've gotten so old to the where I'm like, ooh, a new sink. OK, 
time. Right. Yeah. Now that's super exciting. Okay. I'm going to get, I was, that just excited me a little too much. I was like, oh, a new sink, huh? Ooh. I know, right? Like, yeah, because we actually got a new sink and I actually was way excited about it. And then I was really sad that I was excited about a sink. But yeah. <laughs> it was a bummer. Getting old is stupid. It happens to the best of us. Yeah. But, okay, so before we move on to other possibilities of what these imaginary friends could be, do you have any other fun ghost story type i mean if you just go on reddit there's like thousands of people like especially like the paranormal subreddits and stuff um a lot of people like parents turn to you know reddit and they like take you know take pictures of their kids drawings and this is something that's very popular where the kid you know draws a picture Mm. of their imaginary friend and it's just like really weird like there was like one story of like a girl drawing a picture of a of a of a 14 year old girl and she said like oh she's she's got two babies in her stomach so you have to be really nice to her um because that's really hard on her and she's 14 but she'll never have a birthday oh it's like that's sad that's so sad also like where do i know kids have a very active imagination yeah but and i know kids make up some shit but yeah. that sounds that's a really odd thing I dark think, for a child to make. It up. also sounds dark for a child to make up, yeah. like, especially because the child is saying something really dark and they're saying it in a very cheerful way because they don't register that it's dark. Because, yeah, they don't know what it means because in their mind, yeah. this is an alive person that's fine. Yeah. That just comes and talks to them and hangs out. Like, yeah, they don't recognize it as, oh, that means that this person is dead. <laughs> Also, I, what I think is is interesting is a lot of times, you know, they describe um, a grandparent or great grandparent who died before, like they were born. Oh, I, yeah, I have seen so many stories like that where they are talking about family members, and then someone will get a book out and they'll be like, "Hey, look, that's my friend." Yeah, and then everyone's like, "Oh," <laughs> but see, honestly, I would. It kind of blows my mind that that sort of thing scares people. Like, because wouldn't you want to know that your family's there looking out for your kid? Like, unless it was a really, like, shitty family member. <laughs> like, It happens. But but if it, if it was one that you actually liked, like, that would make me super happy. You know, I, I would love to know that, you know, my family's still here looking out, you know, for the future generations. But yeah, there's definitely just so much stuff that so many stories I've seen. I've even seen a few instances where they've actually like shown up in photographs. Oh, that's creepy. I've, I've seen a couple of them where they'll, you know, like be taking a picture at a kid's birthday party or something like that. And they'll be like, well, who was this girl? I don't remember her. And then the kid's like, yeah, that's, you know so-and-so which is the imaginary friend that they've been talking about well yeah that would be a little terrifying what i also think is what we're seeing more and more um, is and i think it's going to keep coming as these like new baby monitors they're getting fancier and fancier and like better resolution and um a lot of times like what you know you're seeing babies and young kids interacting with orbs or mist that are showing up on these baby monitors. Right. 
or the or, baby or is like talking seen, to somebody. Yeah, and, those yeah. are the ones I've seen where they're just like sitting there, like talking to someone and playing with them. And yeah, but there's not actually anyone there. I've but also usually, heard of voices coming through on like. Oh, that's monitors. really getting popular too because. Yeah, they used to have voice and you would have a separate camera and now they have like the, the combination fancy ones and stuff. I'm almost wondering if that would be a good thing to just buy for ghost hunting. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, a digital recorder, you know, camera They're there. Well, but I mean, like you could then have it in separate place. I feel like it might be more expensive than just buying. Well, no, because what I'm saying is cause usually, usually it has the two sets. So you would have the one in the room. So you could set one in whatever the more haunted room is. And then you could walk around with your investigation and just have it, the other part with you. That's true. So that I think might be something to look into. I don't actually know how expensive any of these things are, but I may look They're into it. They're very expensive. Because uh, my friend was pregnant. Us girls looked into them and we were like, yeah, we'll just give them money. <laughs> give them cash. Yeah. <laughs> then go buy them. But yeah, that's... Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, I think as we start having more and more just technology in general in our homes, even like, you know, with the Alexas and things like that, like, I think a lot more stuff's going to happen and people are going to start having more proof of things because back in the day, the only way you were ever going to get any evidence was if you were actively looking for it. Like if you turned on a voice recorder or something like that. Whereas now, there's a lot of people that just have stuff on all the time. They've got their Alexas on all or their Googles or whatever on all the time. Well, that's going to have so. to be a whole other episode. Cause I, I right. like I said, I, I've seen, you know, people on, you know, people are more videoing mm-hmm. mundane parts of their life. Very that's actively, you know, yeah. you're Snapchatting your friends, what you made for dinner. You're, you're videotaping right. your dog running around the house. Like, and sending it around like you're, you're getting more of that so i think that's a whole we should put that in the ideas yeah, yeah. episode we, yeah we, we probably need to have a whole episode on how technology is going to affect this but but i think especially with like the whole concept of imaginary friends like yeah so, something that where your kid's constantly talking to someone it's, it's only a matter of time i think for that to just show up on somebody's technology but it is also possible that these are paranormal but not ghosts and so i had a couple of ideas of what sorts of things so first of all guys she messed her makeup off she she, she messed up the makeup i've never done it from this angle before man i fucked up yeah i'm not going out yeah i i don't think i would actually be able to do makeup while having a conversation like this it takes me way too much focus how does bailey sarian do it yeah but so, yeah, I've, the first thing that I was thinking of the other day is that I have heard so many stories, both online and in books and all sorts of stuff, of children being able to see things like fairies and elementals when adults can't. So I'm also wondering, in some cases, are these people, are these kids just playing with some fey creature? Because in some Which cases... more terrifying... I don't know. I, I don't know. Scary. But because I, I did see, you know, back to those psychological studies, not all of these invisible friends are human looking. Some of them they're describing as, you know, 
basically fantasy creatures. Which kind of makes me wonder, like, okay, so are these kids just out there talking to the Fae? Hopefully the good ones <laughs> that, that are not tricking them into anything. Because, yeah, like you said, that could be amazing or it could be scary. It depends on the particular creature that they're dealing with. Better. So, yeah, I, I do wonder if that's a possibility. Another thing, um, and we've mentioned this a little bit when we were talking with demons, when we were talking about black-eyed children, we've mentioned this kind of concept before. But I'm also wondering, like, what if these are actually just their own entity that we don't know what they, that we don't know about, that we don't know what they are? And, and I thought about this from, I don't know if anyone remembers the cartoon Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Oh, I loved that show. That's, I loved that cartoon. It was so much fun. But basically, the whole premise of that is that imaginary friends were just like these little kind of monstery type creatures. Not like mean, scary monsters, but they all looked different. They were all these just like little creatures that were people's imaginary friends. And so I was kind of like, huh, maybe that's a possibility. Maybe the, these, you know, invisible friends, imaginary friends, whatever you want to call them, are just some sort of creatures that we don't know what they are yet. So we say things like, oh, it's just psychological or it's ghosts or whatever, when really they could actually be their own entity that have like their own purpose. Which, if that's the case, I really hope they're nice like the ones in Foster's and not like some sort of things that are here to corrupt our children. Because, although I, I guess if, if that is the case, I think they probably are, you know, relatively harmless because a lot of those studies did say that the kids that did have imaginary friends typically turned out to be, you know, decent, you know, you know good people, smart people. They didn't end up like with any sort of higher level of, you know, psychological issues or anything like that. So, well, so probably they're whatever these imaginary friends are, they're probably good in general i would say that they're good just because i think that there would be a reason why they're attracted to children true i i I think that there would be some kind of psychological aspect on their part with that right well and that's the other thing is um i also wonder too like maybe they're more like spirit guides or guardian angel type creatures that you know, maybe the kids need need some need someone in their life for some reason. So they're just kind of showing up to help, kind of kind of like in Drop Dead Fred, early '90s movie, really awesome. I don't know if you saw it or if anyone remembers it, but it was fantastic. I think I've seen it. I just think it's been a while. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think it was from like '91 or something. So yeah, it it would have been a minute probably. But yeah, he basically the whole premise of the story is like this little girl had this imaginary friend who was basically helping her deal with her psychotic overbearing mother. And then when she was like in her twenties, she started having like a bunch of emotional issues and stuff. And so he showed back up and, you know, in the movie, like it seemed like, Oh yeah, he's getting her in trouble, but he was basically getting her in trouble because she was putting herself in situations that she shouldn't have been putting herself in. 
And so he was more or less getting her out of the situations. So, yeah, it was a super cute movie. I really loved it. Um, But yeah, I do kind of wonder that, like, maybe this is a situation where kids are seeing their spirit guides or guardian angels or whatever you want to call that type of a being. So, so yeah. So could you think of any other things that they maybe are before we... No, I was just thinking ghosts. Ghosts, yeah. And so, and that's the thing. And so I want to kind of go through how you can tell if it is a ghost or if, you know, it's, you know, your child just has a really great imagination. But before we do this, I want to first of all point out that you probably want to consider whether or not you really truly want to know this because you're not necessarily going to get the answer you want. <laughs> so if, if nobody seems to be in any danger, you may want to, you know, not <laughs> because normally this stuff goes away on its own in a little while. So, you know, maybe don't worry about it. But if you do want to figure it out, then you possibly can do that. And the other thing you want to decide is, do you want to know this just for yourself or do you want to be able to prove it to other people? And the reason you want to make sure that you know that is because if you're going to try to prove this to someone, you need to be really meticulous with your documentation on everything. So you've got to make sure that you're getting all these basic facts. You've got to make sure that you're having your child describe everything that happens. You've got to record it or write it down. You've got to document every single interaction and really look into whether or not there could be normal causes. Because, you know, if it's not just for your own information, you know, if you're trying to take this information to someone then you need to make sure that you're being really careful and doing it as an official investigation and be really smart about it. So the first thing you want to do is, you know, look at some equipment, not like the super expensive equipment that we talk about wanting, but like you, you can get a decent EMF detector for pretty cheap. Um, and here's the thing that I think is really cool. Oh, that's not a good color. <laughs> you guys got to check this out on the Patreon. She's got her makeup going. I look, I look like I'm a creature of the night myself. Oof, that color did not turn out what I thought it was. Oh, so, see, from this angle, it looks good. From through the through the camera, anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so you want to make sure. Sh- what was I saying? So here's the thing that's cool. Since the child typically is able to interact with these entities, they should be able to pretty easily tell you, like, hey, yeah, my headless friend is just right here. Like, they can just tell you where they are. Which means you can very easily say, okay, can you have your friend touch this piece of equipment? And since they're just having conversations, they can easily do that. So they could tell you, like, yeah, the ghost is touching the equipment. So that's going to be a pretty solid indicator of, is it a ghost or is it your kid's imagination? Because 
if the ghost is touching the equipment and nothing's happening, probably it's your kid's imagination. The other thing, like we mentioned earlier, is pictures. Um, and again, don't do this if you don't want to be creeped out if there's something there. <laughs> you you want to really think hard about this first, but you can always just say, hey, can I take a picture of you and your friend? And see what happens. And obviously, you're going to want to do this in different lighting and maybe try some different apps. The one thing I thought about, which I have seen this online a little bit, um, I think usually in TikToks, is Snapchat has got all of these like filters where it's specifically designed. Faces. Yeah, where, it, where it's designed to have the two faces. And yeah, if an extra face is showing up exactly where your kid says their friend's face is, you may have a ghost situation. I've seen a lot of videos like that, too, where like people like have an extra one and they're like goofing around with it. And then they're like, open your mouth. And then the little dog tongue comes out and they're like, Ooh! yeah, like and that. that's and again, that's the kind of thing that if you're not ready to know that, <laughs> maybe don't do it. <laughs> Because, like, I'm not sure I would do that. I, like, I'm pretty, you know, pr pretty solid on wanting to find ghosts, wanting to see things. But if it was something in my house that, like, my child was talking to regularly, I'm not sure I would feel the same way. <laughs> I think I may start to question it at that point. I don't. I think I said this before that like if I don't want things living in my house but I think when it came to like my child I would throw all of that out the window and I would want to know. See I, I feel like to me it would depend very much on what the interactions were like. Be like if there was some reason I felt that I needed to be concerned and I needed to get this information to show someone so that they could help then 100% I would do it. But if it's just like, oh, they're just kind of playing, nothing's happening, nothing, you know, nothing bad. They don't seem to be in danger. I think I would I do it know. either way, because I think as a parent, it's your kind of job to kind of just, I'm not saying be a helicopter parent, but you kind of need to know like what's going on up there. True. And if something does happen later on, you need to be able to explain to your child what's going on. That is true, yeah. And if if, if your kid's just having an active imagination, you just kind of are like, well, if it is, it is. If it's not, it's not. Whatever. I'll just keep letting them play. Then later on, if they start, you know, asking other questions, you're not going to really have answers. See, I feel like, though, that is the point where I would want to do the investigation. If they start asking me stuff like, you know. Mommy, why is my friend's head cut off? Right, yeah. Why can I see through my friend? Um, my friend wants me to come visit him on the other side. <laughs> like at that point, then you're like, okay, no, we're going to need to start doing some investigations. <laughs> like this, this is potentially a problem. <laughs> but yeah. But then the other thing, as we mentioned a little bit, um, research the things that your child's that your child is saying that their friend is saying and keep track of it if you're trying to prove it later. Because I feel like so often what will happen is kids will talk and the adults will be like, uh-huh, yeah, that's nice, cool, mm-hmm, great. 
but they're not actually listening to any of the stuff the kid's saying. So you actually listen to what they're saying and research it. You know, if somebody, if your kid says, yeah, there used to be a tree right here, look it up. You know, if, if they say, oh yeah, the house used to have extra rooms on the back. Like you can typically look that stuff up fairly easily on like your county auditor site. Yeah. Like, you, you can find this information fairly easily. So yeah, if your kids start saying weird ass shit like that, probably look into it because if it's accurate, you may want to try to figure out why. <laughs> but that's true. I, I do think, though, that the biggest issue with all of this is it's so hard to document everything that's going on because pretty much no parent is with their child every moment of every day. So you don't know what they heard at school or at daycare or from the neighbors or from teachers or whatever, especially like if the kids are anything like I was. Like if I got home and my parents were like, well, well, what did your teacher talk about today? I'd be like, I don't know. We learned some stuff. I think there was some math. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm not going to remember, like if my teacher had come up to me and said, oh, wow, you live in the house where so-and-so used to live. I would probably have mostly forgotten it by the time I got home, but it would still be there subconsciously. So that that is the trouble as well with all of this is you're going to want to make sure that you're researching multiple aspects of it because, you know, just a child telling you things like it can be weird, it can be creepy, but there also could be logical explanations for it. You know, you th there could have been neighbors or somebody talking about it. The kid heard it, you know, and it just kind of subconsciously registered, even though they didn't care about it. And then sometime later, they're like, oh, yeah, this random thing. And then everyone's like, oh, shit. <laughs> she talking to ghosts. I would also wonder how many times it, there is other paranormal activity going on in the house that the parents are also like kind of ignoring or brushing to the side. Yeah, that's true. That's like if there's other reasons for it that you think your house is haunted. <laughs> and also a lot of times, like the, some, a lot of the stories I heard is a kid saying like, oh, they live in the attic or they, they live in the closet or they, they stay hidden during the day. They only like it when it's quiet and at night and then they come talk to me. Like that's also a little bit of a red flag, I would say. Also, possibly like like a literal red flag because at, at that point that could be an actual like person sneaking into your house and you definitely want to check that out because that's way scarier oh, than a ghost. I've heard stories of that too. Yes, I've I actually heard, heard I've heard those stories where you know um, a kid's like, oh mommy, there's a monster under my bed or there's a somebody in you know a ghost in the closet and the mom's like, okay, well like let's come to our room and then like the mom like has to like pick up the kid and like act nonchalant like, all right, you can you're too scared to sleep sleep in me and then they have to like call nine one one because like the mom saw like an actual man like an actual person yeah. yeah that does happen so yeah that is something that that happens and i i have heard yeah like you, you could have someone especially when you have like different houses where there's like you know multiple entrances into the basement like the house you lived at before with the crazy lady in the basement yeah. that I, I think we talked about that on the patreon 
where there was an external entrance to the basement. So if you have something like that, it is possible that someone just broke into your damn house uh, so it's really and your kid's talking to them. To have people living in your house and not know it. Like, I know that sounds like very creepy. Right. Um, a lot creepier than ghosts. I would rather have a ghost. Um, I for sure would rather have a ghost. But people living in your house unbeknownst to you is is, is a thing, mm-hmm. especially if you have like a crawl space or like kind of a weird attic that you like you said maybe has like an external yeah and that's the thing because there are a lot of places that you know where you have these multiple ways to get into different parts of your house like even at our grandparents house um not when we lived there but before we lived there they had actually um had had a situation where like the upstairs was being rented out so there used to be like this little well, the balcony is still was still there when we were there, but there used to be stairs that went up there. So, yeah, I mean, realistically, if they had left the stairs there, it wouldn't have been that hard to, like, just be up there. And, and people wouldn't know, hmm. especially with upstairs places, because, like, people tend to not always be as careful with locking, like, upstairs doors and upstairs windows because they're like, oh, well, nobody's going to get up there. And then they climb up a tree or up like, you know, the antenna little pole thing or whatever. Because, yeah, like, I mean, especially like if it's really nice out, we'll regularly just like leave windows open upstairs. Yeah. So, yeah, if someone really wanted to climb up the tree onto the roof, like they could get in. Now, our house is not big enough that like we wouldn't notice right away. But. Like, if you have a bigger house or a house that's, like, separated out differently, it possibly wouldn't be that difficult for someone to hide in your house. So, yeah, definitely check for that because that's way scarier than a ghost. That would be. That's, yeah. And that is a thing that I've heard a lot of stories. Yeah, that's definitely a thing that does happen. Hopefully not often. but. I start reading it, it kind of starts sounding like a ghost story. And then it's like, oh, God, no, it was a person. It's and like, then oh, like, shit, there's a person. <laughs> yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah, I've, I've also um heard, like, stories about it with people, like, little kids talking about their friend that lives in the woods. And, and the parents are like, oh, okay, yeah, your friend that lives in the woods thinking it's an imaginary friend. And they're actually, like, there is some, like, person that was, like, just living off the grid or whatever in like you know some rural area so yeah be careful with that that podcast too yeah like if you yeah if if your kid at any point is saying they're talking to someone you probably at least want to look into it a little bit maybe maybe follow them from a distance get them a gopro (laughs) something like yeah because yeah that is definitely far more terrifying than if it's just ghosts All right, so do you have any final thoughts on imaginary friends or invisible friends? I guess they're not imaginary if they're ghosts. We just can't see them. No. All right. So that is what we have for you guys today. Um, So, yes, definitely listen to children. I, I know it's really tempting to not, it's really tempted, tempting to just kind of smile and nod and be like, okay, honey, that's great. But yeah, like probably actually listen to people when they're speaking to you 
because you never know. You know, yeah, maybe 90% of the time they're just talking about, you know, some unicorns or some dragons or something. But that 10% of the time, they might be telling you something that you really need to pay attention to. So, you know, try to pay attention as much as possible because you don't necessarily know when they first start talking which kind of story it's going to be. So, so def- definitely listen to them. Also, I would say pick up the important parts because kids tend to like tell seven stories at once. That Yeah, that is definitely... And then Difficult. the man in my closet, he um he um told me to like not tell anybody that he's there. And then Billy had a hamburger at lunch <laughs> and I had chicken nuggets and Sarah had milk and we 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 traded because I I wanted milk and, and and a hamburger and then my teacher gave me an A. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you really gotta be careful when you when you're listening to children because yeah, they're not so great at the linear conversations. So yeah, be careful out there. Um, make sure that you, you know, are listening, listening to the kids. And if you do have any, you know, creepy pictures of your kids, invisible friends that turned up in that stuff, go ahead and, you know, tag us over on the, on the socials. Um, we're Sisters and Spirits Paranormal on the Instagram and the Patreon and Sisters and Spirits Paranormal Podcast over on Facebook. All right. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. And if you're on Patreon, you can see Kara's makeup. Uh, all, all lovely. So that's a cool thing that we might it's be okay. doing. doing. It's, it's better than I would have done. <laughs> so, yeah, check that out over on the Patreon. Thanks for listening. Bye.